The following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information about our church or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. I am grateful for this morning. It's been a, it's been a beautiful mor- morning so far. Um, if you have your Bibles, would you grab them with me and open to Luke 17? You ready for some fun this morning? At least I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some fun this morning. Um, Luke 17, this is going to be a fun one. Um, fair warning, I will be doing some jumping. Uh, so our main text is going to be in Luke 17. We will jump a little bit to Genesis 19 and uh, at the end to Hebrews 11. I'll be doing some jumping, but uh, Luke 17 will be our, our primary text um, this morning. Uh, while you're finding your place there... Um, This is a special morning. So last week was Easter, and it was an incredible morning. Um, Wow. (laughs) It's the only word I had for it. It was just a beautiful, God is so good. He's alive. Jesus is at work in our church. And so the weeks leading up to Easter, what we did is um, we took that time to just focus our sights on Jesus. So we, we looked at Jesus, our prophet, priest, and king. We looked at Jesus, our wounded healer. We looked at Jesus, our sacrifice, and that led us up to Easter. So that was last week, and that's what we came through. Now, looking ahead, next week, we step back into Romans. We've been in Romans for uh, two and a half years-ish. We've been walking through it little by little, and we are going to get right back into it as we kind of get the final stretch. Um, so that's what's coming. But here's the thing. We have this little window here this morning, Uh, this little, what I'm calling a freebie, and uh, we're going to have some fun. We're going to turn our attention to the kingdom of God and what scripture teaches um, about the kingdom, the coming of the kingdom of God. And I chose this text because I believe it's so important and timely, especially coming off of Easter. So we, we know this, but Jesus did not only come into earth. Um, be born of a virgin incarnation. We know that Jesus didn't only come and die on the cross and sacrifice for sin, substitutionary atonement. We know that Jesus, he didn't only resurrect on the third day out of the tomb, defeating death, hell, the grave, um, uh, giving us resurrection and life as the resurrection and life. Um, But church, we can't forget Jesus is coming again. So coming out of Easter, we are going to shift in, in this, little, this little freebie uh, to Jesus coming again in the coming of the kingdom of God. My encouragement this morning for us and, and what I believe this text is calling us to is as Christians, we need to live in light of the coming of the kingdom of God. That, that the coming of the kingdom of God should impact the way we the way we live. So, uh, like I said, we're going to be in three texts, but my anchor is in Luke, and uh, it's one verse. Luke seventeen thirty-two, primary text, and I want to read it for us, and then I'll pray for us, and then we will get going. Luke seventeen thirty-two. remember Lot's wife. Let's pray. 
God, would you bless this time this morning? Would you bless the preaching of your word? Would you speak through it to us? God, I ask that you would speak through me. Would you help me to not leave anything out or say too much, but to proclaim the message that you would have for us from your word? I ask that you give us eyes to to see, ears to hear. God, you are faithful, you are good, you are true, and we thank you for this time and for Christ. And it's in his name that we pray, Amen. 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 Remember, Lot's wife. It's a command that Jesus gives to his disciples. Uh, It's a command that Jesus gives to those who are following him. Remember, Lot's wife. You're going to memorize a verse this morning. Remember, (laughs) Lot's wife. Um, This command to his disciples comes right off the heels of a conversation he's having with religious leaders. And um, in this conversation, if you were to look back uh, in, in Luke 17... Um, he's asked about the coming of the kingdom of God, when it's going to be, and it's a good question. It's a question that I, I hear people talking a lot about today, right? Um, and, and in verse 20, we see uh, Jesus responding to the Pharisees and their questions, and, and he says, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, there. For behold, the kingdom of God, he says, is in the midst of you. Jesus says this to, his, to the, the religious leaders. It's a big statement and uh, confusing, uh, in all honesty, for them who hear this. They're asking, when is the kingdom of God coming? And, and what Jesus says is basically, I'm here. And it uh, would have been tough for them, I think. Uh, Jesus knows, he plays, he just, he knows this. Um, But then from this conversation that he's having with the religious leaders, he then pivots and he goes to start to talk directly to his disciples. And um, he addresses them directly and, and he does this often. So you'll see Jesus in the gospels, you'll see him time to time, he'll be teaching, giving a parable, whatever he's doing with in the in a group of people, and then all of a sudden you'll see him go and narrow it down to his disciples. You saw it when he's teaching a parable and then he'll narrow to his disciples and say, "Now let me tell you what that means." Right? So we see this all throughout, but here Jesus does that. He zooms in and and Jesus, in starting in verse 22, begins to turn to his disciples. Off the heels of this question, turns to his disciples, and, and he says, the days are coming when you're, you will desire to see me, to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. And, and so there's this day coming, Jesus says, when I will lay down my life, as we celebrated last week, I will pick it back up again, and I will ascend and, and the people of God in those days are going to long to see me face to face. Those days are coming, Jesus says. And to be clear, uh, church, he's talking to, about us. He's talking about our day, like today, where we long to see Jesus face to face. And then Jesus gives us, gives them this warning. Um, he warns his followers of all of the fake Christ, the fake Jesuses, 
that are going to rise up in that day. And, and he, he basically, these are my words, says, don't buy it. Don't buy any of it, is what he, what he says here. He says in verse 23, um, they're going to say, look there, look here. Don't, do not go out or follow them. Verse 24, for his lightning flashes in the sky, lights up from side to side. So will the Son of Man be in his day. In other words, you're going to know when it's me. You're going to know when it's me, the heavens will declare Christ. So he came in a manger in all subtlety. He's coming back like lightning and thunder. You're going to know. Jesus says, you're going to know. Don't buy it. Verse 25, he says, but he must first suffer many things. We're getting to our text here, I promise. Be rejected by this generation just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. So listen here. Verse 27. They were eating. They were drinking. They were marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Then, verse 28, likewise, in the days of Lot, they were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, selling, planting, building, but on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven, destroyed them all. This is Jesus' words here. And he says, so will it be on the day that the Son of Man is revealed on that day. Let the one, here's a little warning, let the one who's on the housetop with his goods on the inside, don't you dare go back down there and get him. And he says, you know, the one in the field, don't you dare turn back. Don't do it. And then right out of this, we get to our verse today, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Let's pause the days are coming, Jesus says, when you're going to look for my return, doesn't tell us when, but we're going to be looking for um, his return, and he doesn't give us the details of his return as much as me, we might want him to, as much as we would be great if you could give me some answers. He turns away from our focus on timing, and what does he do? He focuses in on us, and so he, he does not describe the timing of his return. Instead, he describes the context of his return. And so he describes the context, what it's going to be like on that day. And so he compares it to two things that we just saw, the first being Noah and the second being Lot. We're going to focus in on the second, but in both cases, the first in Noah's case, he compares it to the wicked world who, are, who faced judgment in the flood in the days of Noah. That's on this side. And then the second example he gives is Lot and, and the wicked world that faced the judgment of God in the days of Lot. And Jesus says, my return is going to be like that. My return is going to be like that. They're going to be, there's going to be judgment. And it's not just that, though, because Jesus, what he's going to do is zoom in, hone in on, on, on something really important. Remember Lot's wife, something very important. He says, like in the days of Noah, uh, verse 27, he says, they were, they were eating and they were drinking and they were marrying and being given in marriage. Like the days, verse 28, of Lot, they were what? Eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting, building. In other words, don't miss this, life was going on as normal. Just another day, 
followed by another day. And there's, there's marriage and children and buying and selling and eating and drinking and working and resting. And Jesus says here, I'm not giving you the timing of my return. I, I, I just Jesus is clear. It's not for you to know. In fact, in, in, in Matthew um, 24, 36, he says, concerning the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. So in other words, he's not giving you that. He's not giving you the timing, but he's describing the context, and he's describing what life is going to be like when he returns. And what's it going to be like? Life as usual. Marriage and family. Buying and selling. Eating and drinking. Working and sleeping. This is the context that we see Jesus returning into. And in verse 30, he says, this is, this is what is going on. It's going to be like that day when I return. And when I return, Jesus says in verse 31, if you're on the housetop, don't go back in. If you're out in the field, don't turn around. In other words, on that day, leave it and don't look back. Leave it. Don't look back. Don't turn back. And then right in that, that command, Jesus gives us the cautionary tale of our verse today. Remember Lot's wife. So let's pause and let's uh, keep our place here. We're coming back. Um, but I think it's cool that we obey Jesus this morning. And uh, let's do some remembering. We find Lot's wife in Genesis 19. Would you turn, flip with me, scroll with me, um, flip what, however you get there to uh, Genesis 19. This is her, her story of Lot's wife. So uh, for some context while we're getting there, uh, Lot is, or uh, not Lot, Sodom is a wicked place. It's a wicked city. It's notorious for it. It's fixated on evil. It's fixated on sexual perversion. It's a city that we, we even read that has normalized sexual abuse and assault. Just another day in Sodom. That's what we read here. It's a dark place. It's notorious for this. It's wickedness. It's their trademark. And, and there's a man named Lot and his wife and his family who lived in this city. And I want to make it real for us today. So Lot and his wife, we don't know her name, just Lot's wife and their kids. This means that their school was there. This means that their grocery store was there. This means that their house was there. The, the place that they always took a walk, it was there. It means that this was where they had their children, where they bought, they sold, they ate, they drank, they worked, they rested. Was it a wicked city? Yes. But it was also home. It was their home. And so in chapter 9, it's not just Sodom that's going to face destruction. It's their home. It's their home, church. This is painful. Verse uh, 15 says, um, as morning dawned, um, the angels urged Lot, saying, Get up, take your wife, your daughters, get out of here, lest you be swept away. He says, in the punishment of the city, get out. This is such an act of God's grace, by the way. Didn't have to do this. 
but gets them out, urges them, pushes them out the door. And then what do we read that happened in in, uh, verse 16? Oh, but he lingered. But he lingered. Why would you linger? Lot? Why? The city's wicked. It's going down. You know this. It's horrible. Why would you linger? Because again, in the midst of this wicked city was their home. We don't get the impression from Scripture that Lot and his family are sitting around going, Oh, I love the wickedness. Man, I love the wickedness. Like, yes, like, don't, don't throw down. We don't get that impression. We don't get this impression that they're so fixated on the wickedness of the city that they just didn't want to leave. In fact, I would argue that from Jesus' words in Luke, the reason they were drawn to that city is because of their everyday life, their home. They're eating and drinking. They're marrying and giving over to marriage. That is why they lingered, church. They lingered. But again, by God's grace, verse 16, they were seized. And him, Lot, and his wife, and his daughters, by the hand, get out of here. The Lord being merciful to him, verse 16, they brought him out and set him outside the city. Get out, Lot. This is two instances of God's just grace on them. Get out, Verse 17, as they brought him out, one of the the men said, escape for your life. Listen to this verbiage. It's going to sound familiar. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape for the hills lest you be swept away. Don't look back. This is Jesus' words. If you're on the housetop, don't go back in. If you're in the field, don't look back. Don't turn back. And then in verse 18... Uh, we see Lot enter into a little negotiation here. We don't have time to get in the depths of this, but they determine the city that they're headed to, and they settle on a city named Zoar. And in verse 24, um, when they came to Zoar, verse 24 tells us that the Lord reigned on Sodom and Gomorrah, sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. This judgment was here in the city, It was extensive, church, and it was complete. In verse 25, it says that he overthrew the cities in the valley, all the inhabitants and what grew out of the ground. This is heartbreaking. Um, I think there's a part of our souls, if we're honest, that cry out for justice, cry out for things to be made right, and bad guys get caught, and uh, thieves pay up, and uh, um, the bad guys get what they deserve, justice gets served. Like, there's a part of us that loves that, and we root for that. But I think there's also a part of us, if we are honest, we should be, that our souls just cry out in the middle of this going, it shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Sin is gross. It's awful. And there's a part of this that we just mourn. This is... In Sodom, church, we see both. We see the joy of justice. We see the grief. We see the grief, and Lot and his family here, there's a deeper level to this, because again, this was their home. This was their home, and in this moment, this was life as they knew it, going up in flames. 
in this scene that Jesus is, this is the scene that Jesus is pointing to in, in Luke, and, and this is a foreshadowing for us of what it's going to be like when Jesus returns, and in this moment, life as they knew it was no more, and, and this is the moment we read about Lot's wife, and here's what Jesus says for you to remember. In this moment, when faced with that, verse 26, but Lot's, Lot's wife behind him looked back. She became a pillar of salt. She looked back. And Jesus says to you this morning, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. And I want to Make this one more time, real clear. Um, we get no impression that Lot's wife is just r- like f- so fixated on evil that she wanted to go back to it and wanted that evil to continue and wanted the perversion and participation in that wickedness. And we don't get that. She was just looking back to the life she knew, the home she knew. The only life she knew. That's what she was, was longing for. Church, Lot's wife is a cautionary tale of becoming so distracted and fixated with life's stuff. And, and the good, the bad, and the mundane. When our hearts and our minds are so given over to just everyday life, that we're unable to pry our eyes away even when we are faced with the glory of God, even when we are faced with the impending judgment, we cannot pry our, our grip off of the life that we have made for ourselves. This is a cautionary tale of what an unhealthy preoccupation with with an obsession with the world's stuff, what that looks like. Remember Lot's wife. When our grip is so tightly around the things of our life, and I'm not just talking about the bad things, I'm talking about the good things, I'm just talking about mm, not letting go. That we're unwilling to look away. Lot's wife was, was so clenched, so tightly to her, her life, that after having lingered once, being drug out twice, she looks back. And so Jesus says, church, remember, remember Lot's wife. How often, church, is this exactly what we, we do we get so fixated on, on life and, and um, distracted and business as usual with our comforts, with our security, with our lives, the way that we know them, our, the mundane? We get so distracted. And, and for so many in our community, we're going to talk about this a bit later, but it's for so many in our community, we will not come to Christ because we love ourselves so much. We love what we have built so much, and we love what we have constructed so much that we're unwilling to let go of the death grip and hold our lives open-handed, unclench, because we think we're 
We long for life as we know it, as we have built it. Church, remember Lot's wife. Now, I want to be very clear here. This is not a message for you to hear me and hear scripture saying to you that none of this matters. It's all going to burn. Who cares? No. Don't you dare say that we need to be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Don't you dare say it. Don't. Don't. Don't say it. Your life does matter. Your calling is to be a steward of things that God has placed into your hands. Your calling is to glorify God in all of this, to enjoy him and glorify him forever. That includes today, that we would be so heavenly minded that we actually are earthly good. That is your calling. This matters. Your life is about glorifying him. That includes today. Your life matters. But what this text is saying to you, the call here is that Jesus is warning you drawing our attention and our memory back to this story of Lot's wife. And when he says, remember Lot's wife, we remember that she turned back. Why did she turn back? I believe it's because deep in her heart there were competing longings. On the one hand, There was this new city, this new life that she didn't know, the place that they were being led out of the judgment of God. But on the other hand, there was the old city that she did know. It wasn't perfect, but it was home. It was comfortable. And I think we can relate to that because we have this new life here that we've been called to in Christ, and yet we have this old life here one that's new that we don't know, when we're being called out of, we're being called out of this life that we know and in, 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 that you're probably pretty good at and being called over here into the unknown. And it's easy, even I think even in our lives as believers today, to have this desire to look back, to turn back. That's why we sing this old song I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm not going to sing it for you because it's like four words. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. And what does it say? No turning back. No turning back. Church, remember Lot's wife. Ultimately, I believe this text that calls us, Jesus calling us, remember Lot's wife. I believe this all comes down to faith. The real question is, is do you believe God? Do you believe his word? Do you trust him? You might hear that and think, well, that sounds way overly simplistic, pastor. But at the core, I believe this is about faith. For us, do we believe, do we trust, have faith in the life, the new life that is better enough to let go of the old and follow? Um, Without faith, church, you will always desire to look back. And I want to unpack this. I said I had one more text. Flip all the way across your Bible. Start at the beginning. We're going to end nearest to the end. Um, Hebrews chapter 11. Um, This text is often called the Faith Hall of Fame. 
What does this text do? Uh, the writer of Hebrews is looking back at the Old Testament saints, and he is, and he is drawing our attention to their faith. And, and first, he starts with a definition of faith. He says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, verse 1, the conviction of things not yet seen. Then he talks about Abel and Enoch, Abraham, Sarah, Jacob, Joseph, um, Moses, and Rahab, and later Gideon, and Simeon, and David, Samuel, prophets. You, you get the point. And, and we are all, through each of these, pointed to their faith, that they believed God. They believed God. And there's this statement, this great statement right in the middle that I want to draw our attention to in light of Luke, and that is Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 16. So we read, these all, these great faith hall of famers, died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus, make it clear they are seeking a homeland. Here's what I want you to hear me. Focus in here. Verse 15. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, They would have had the opportunity to return, to turn back. Verse 16, but as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Church, let us remember Lot's wife. God has prepared you a place, so remember Lot's wife. Don't fixate your attention on the things of this life. Remember Lot's wife. Know there is a better country. There is a... Let us desire that better city, that better life. Remember Lot's wife. Um, church, faith is often... Leaving what we know and trusting God in what we do not. This is why the question comes down to faith. Do you trust him? Remember Lot's wife. Don't turn back. I want to bring all of this together this morning and, um, and come back to, to, to Luke. To Jesus' words here in, in Luke. Remember, Jesus is talking about his return, and he says one day he's going to return in power and might, the righteous judge, to make all things right. One day he's going to come again, and we are in the last days. And, and hear me, I am not going to be up here and give you some kooky wall chart that tells you when and how. Like May 23rd? No, I'm not doing that. Um, it, that's not mine to tell you, and that's not yours to know. So we're going to move past that. But as a preacher, as a preacher who desperately desires to be faithful to what God's word says and teaches, I must say this, that there is a day coming when Jesus will return. I can also, even more than that, say with all confidence that there is an imminency to this return, that, that scripture says that we are living in the last days. But that should not terrify us. 
That should make us alert. It should not terrify us. Because as Christians, we know in faith he's coming again. And, and for us in, 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 in Christ, we know that, we, that our king has saved us, that he's ransomed us, forgiven us, justified us, adopted us, sanctified us, set us apart, loved us, and demonstrated that love through the cross, rose for us, giving us life and resurrection. And we look to his return. But Jesus is asking here, in light of all of that, in light of Easter, do we, will we, will you look back? Will you look back? Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. Do you, do we love our lives, love our world, love our stuff, our way of life, our comforts, our routines, more than we believe in his word and in his goodness? That's the question. In other words, I want you to hear me. If you heard nothing else, there is a choice in front of you. But hear me, it's not this, okay? The choice in front of you is not on this hand, you have life as it is, as you know it. And on this hand, you have heaven, paradise, choose. None of us would struggle with that choice. I'm sure there are a few, but none of us would struggle with that choice. But that's not your choice. The choice in front of you this morning is on this hand, you have life as you know it. And on this hand, you have faith. Believing in the new city that you cannot see. In this hand, you have what you know, what you see, what you live. And on this hand, you have conviction in the things that are not yet seen. That's the choice in front of you. That is the choice that is in front of you this morning. The choice we have is the life that we see and the life that is unseen. In this hand, we have sight, and in this hand, we have faith. That is your choice. That is our choice. And that's why Scripture says the life we live, we live by faith. It's a call to trust God and to remember Lot's wife because she, church, is a cautionary tale. A cautionary tale of when we, tr will we trust our God over the life we see in front of us today? That's the question. And this is why I got to bring out one more verse before we bring this together. Luke 17, 33. The one right after Remember Lot's Wife is the most popular verse of this section by far. And uh, Jesus says, you know, church, brother, sister, Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will keep it. I've always heard this and thought of martyrdom. But as I spent time in study, church, this verse is not directly about martyrdom. I mean, yes, there are those who will give their lives on account of the gospel. Yes, there are those who will have to choose between death and, and what they believe in Jesus. Yes, um, but this text is not primarily about martyrdom. This text is about the love we have for our lives over the love we have for our Christ. Our love for created things over our love for creator. When Jesus says whoever loses his life, he's saying that off the heels of Lot's wife. 
losing her life, everything she knew, the loss of life, um, therefore, is this call to be willing to let our lives go and to not turn back and to not go back, to not look back. Listen, church, the enemy would want nothing more for you to be so distracted with your life, even the good things, to be so distracted and transfixed on that that you would miss the glory and the beauty of the new city that's yours in faith in Jesus. If the enemy can distract you, mission accomplished. He'd much rather have you choose to feast on the scraps on the floor than to enjoy the banquet that is yours. The enemy would want nothing more than that. Because for us to get distracted will lead us to forget and ultimately, like Lot in Genesis, will cause us to be like Lot's wife that we would turn back. And I gotta say, if your only hope, if your only thing, if your only focus, if all you got is what you have in this life, what you drive, where you live, where you work, how your family's doing, how healthy you are, if that is it, if that is your only hope, you are to be pitied and you have missed it and you are still in your sin. And the reason I say this is because the love of the world more than your creator, is sin. It is idolatry. It's a big one. They're all big, but that's a big one. And we need to remember Lot's wife and repent and confess and turn to Jesus and see the beauty and glory of Jesus and our gaze transfixed on Jesus, knowing that he is better, that his kingdom is true, that we can trust him enough to let it go, not turn back. Christian, your call is to use this life, enjoy this life, steward this life, but remember Lot's wife and don't you dare cling to this life. That is your, your call. And I, I gotta think like how the creator is infinitely better than his creation. And so I gotta think how foolish it would be for us to stand before our creator and to choose to cling to created things over the creator of all things. What a lousy, lousy trade that is. Church, remember Lot's wife. I want to end by bringing this home into our context today. Um, Our community, North Central San Antonio, Stone Oak. Uh, You know this, but let's say it anyway. We live in a community where we are constantly wooed by our world. Constantly, by our comforts, by our security, by our good lives. Now, I'm not saying that everyone who lives here is awesome and having the best life ever. No, you know that's not true. You know that's not true. What I am saying here, though, is in our community, we experience a very real temptation. In a community of relative affluence, we have this real temptation to search for the good life and what we see out those doors to search for it there. Now, I love our community. I really love our community. I do, um, but our community is a lousy trade. Lousy trade in comparison to Christ and the new city he's preparing for you. Lousy. 
So as a church, Stone Oak Bible Church, let's remember Lot's wife this morning. And let's do an inventory. Let's, let's be bold enough to ask, Spirit, would you search me and reveal to me the things that I love more than the things of this life that I love more than the promise you gave for new life? Would you, God, would you reveal the things in my heart that I am clinging to so tightly, my stuff, my security, my comfort? Would you reveal the things that I'm unwilling to let go of in order to cling to Jesus? Would you reveal that to me? And I gotta say that you might be the lousiest person to do this kind of work in your own heart because you lie to yourself all the time and you're really good at it. That's why we need this. And that's why we need this. Your brothers and sisters are gonna be able to uh, maybe have a little sharper vision than sometimes we do. But Lord, would you search us? And it's easy, I think, for us to read this and to think, Lot's wife was a bonehead. Like, how? She would look back. And yet, not to realize that we are just like her. We're just like her. Remember Lot's wife. Follow Jesus, who is faithful and just to forgive, and do not look back. Church, I want you to live your life, because life is a gift from your good and gracious God, but I want you to love the giver of life more. Far more. His word is true, and he's prepared a new city. The kingdom of God is near. He is coming again. We don't know the hour. We don't know the day. We don't. What we do know is he is coming again, and I know that we are closer to that moment right now than we were yesterday. Church, let's remember Lot's wife.